Hey sinners, Serotonin here, just dropping in with a quick intro. This podcast was originally written and recorded for Spotify, where I'm able to embed some ripper tunes between segments to support the topics, new releases, or particular artists which are discussed. This version has been adjusted to allow sharing on alternate platforms and unfortunately won't include those tracks, which might make my silly segues and transitions just a little bit strange. If you would like to be able to check out the songs that were intended to be part of this episode, jump through the Sin and Steel link tree to the songs from the Sin and Steel podcast playlist, or see the track listing in the description of the episode. Hello and welcome to Sin and Steel, the heavy metal podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Tonin. And in today's episode, we're asking, are you metal? We're going to play some trivia, test your knowledge, and maybe learn a few new things together. It's going to go like this. We have four rounds with a total of 25 questions. Our topics for today are metal in pop culture, thrash metal, drums or drummers, and metal in the year 1990. We're going to listen to a few songs uh, in between each round and each of the answer segments. You can play as casual or as competitively as you like, And I, of course, encourage you to get a bunch of mates together to play along, listen to some tunes, and have a good time. For my fellow trivia nerds, a trivia sheet has been made available for download through the Sin and Steel Patreon. These are accessible for free for anyone. You don't need to sign up or anything like that. Patreon was just an easy way to share. This is at Patreon Sin and Steel, or find the link in the Sin and Steel link tree. If you're playing casually, sit back, relax, and listen in. But for those playing for blood, let's get ready to beat the bastards down. That was Beat the Bastards by Accept. What a fucking ripper of a song. Okay, I hope you're ready because we're going to jump into our first round with Metal in Pop Culture. First up, question one. In the 2022 Netflix movie Metal Lords, which four musicians cameo as a materialization of Kevin's conscience? It is a great scene. Kevin's in a hot tub with a girl who is not his girlfriend. And these four appear all sharing different advice. So which four musicians cameoed? Question two. Which incredibly influential heavy metal band were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006 by James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich? We're looking for the band that was inducted, not those who performed the induction. This next one will probably be an easy one for many of us, but question three. If you were to order a Lemmy, what drink would you get? This is, of course, an alcoholic beverage. So if you went up to the bartender and you said, give me a Lemmy, what would you expect to receive? For question four, we're hitting the movies. In which 90s film did a band of struggling musicians hijack a radio station and hold people hostage in an attempt to have their demo played on air. What is the movie title? Question five. This Japanese Nintendo Famicom video game featuring characters Randy, Zack, and Emperor Ronnie was titled after which Dio song and album? There are so many Dio songs that would make a great title or great video themes in general, but what was this game named after? Another pretty easy one, at least for anyone with any interest in Iron Maiden. Question six, by which name does Iron Maiden's zombie-like mascot go? 
And for our final question of the round, question seven, for which Arnold Schwarzenegger film did Megadeth record the song Angry Again? I'll be back with the answers after we give this one a listen. That song comes in really strong in the movie. So if your answer to that last question was Kindergarten Cop, you're incorrect. Angry Again was featured in The Last Action Hero. The movie was originally considered a flop. The song though did really well and it was even nominated for a best metal performance at the Grammys that year. The movie's fantastic. It's a satirical take on the action genre and thankfully it has found more of a cult classic status these days, which it really does deserve. I highly recommend watching it if you haven't already and give yourself a point if you got that one right. Back to question one. Which four musicians cameo as Kevin's conscience in the 2022 Netflix film Metal Lords? So again, this was the scene where Kevin was tempted by a girl that was not his girlfriend because, you know, he's in a band at that point of the film, so he's hot shit all of a sudden. Appearing with different words of advice were Scott Ian, Tom Morello, Kirk Hammett and Rob Halford. And as always, Rob was so bloody wholesome. Take a point for each one of those that you got correct. My favorite scene from that movie was when Hunter doesn't want a chick in the band because he says it's too gay. And then the camera kind of pans out to all the posters on the wall. And of course, there's things like um, an oiled up man of war and big old leather daddy, Rob Halford. It's absolute gold. Second question, which metal band were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006 by James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich? This was the absolute legends, Black Sabbath. The introduction for them was this. Black Sabbath delivered heavy metal into the world kicking and screaming. The diverse influences of each member alchemized. Alchemized is the perfect word for their magic. Alchemized into something else entirely. Relentless hard rock that deals with the dark and demonic. A reflection of the slow creep of disillusionment with the social climate. I think that's a pretty damn good summary. There was some kickback at the time because Ronnie was excluded from this induction, which I get because I love, I love Dio. But Black Sabbath with Ozzy is a totally different band to Black Sabbath with Dio. Dio the band and Dio the man deserve their own induction into the Hall of Fame anyway. It's just a pity that he won't be here to see it when it happens. Question three, what drink is a Lemmy? It is of course a Jack and Coke. I've seen some variations of this. Some people just kind of use any bourbon or whiskey. And I've even seen some people trying to make it all fancy pants, adding orange peel and calling it a cocktail, but it's a Jack and Coke. Four asks for the title of the 90s film where musicians hijack a radio station in desperation so they can play their demo. The movie features Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler, who play as bandmates in The Lone Rangers. The movie is Airheads. Absolute classic. Question five. What Famicom game took its name from a Dio song? The answer, Holy Diver. The game's said to be a Castlevania ripoff, but how's this for a plot? Set in the 666th year of the world of magic, the Black Slayer, demon king of the underground Dark Empire, has extended the world of darkness and weakened the power of King Crimson. The 16th Crimson Emperor, Ronnie IV, has entrusted his two sons, Randy and Zack, 
to his faithful servant Ozzy, who escaped to another dimension where the boys spend years devoting themselves to the cause of holy magic justice before Randy sets out on a quest to obliterate the Black Slayer. Fan-fucking-tastic. That is so much metal crammed in there. I haven't played it yet. I, I really should play it through on an emulator sometime to give it a go. Six is Eddie. Eddie is the mascot for Iron Maiden. We see him on all their album art and of course he loves making an appearance on stage. How did you go on round one? Tally your scores if you're counting and we'll be back after this one. Iron Maiden, be quick or be dead. Like the genre in today's second round, thrash metal, let's smash these next five questions out. Question one, which Australian thrash metal band forming in 1985 in Sydney were supposedly the first of the subgenre to tour internationally? Two, who are the big four of thrash metal? More specifically, the big four of American thrash metal. Question three, Early on in their career, when Sepultura wanted but could not afford bullet belts for their photo shoots, what did they use in their place? This is a story that Max tells Sam Dunn in one of the interviews from his metal docos and one that I love every time I hear it. They really wanted their bullet belts, but they had to get creative. What did they use instead? Number four, Creator are a thrash metal band from which country? And question five, the Virginian Thrashers Municipal Waste debuted in 2003 with which album? I'll give you a clue. It was not this one. And we're back. That was Headbanger Face Rip by Municipal Waste. Going through our answers for round two, our first question, which Aussie thrash band were supposedly the first of the subgenre to tour internationally? This was Mortal Sin. I've seen these guys a few times and they go fucking hard. They opened for Creator the first time I saw them and I don't think I've seen better headbanging since. Two, the big four of thrash metal are of course Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth and Anthrax. There's been many variations of this put forward by different people over the years, but based on success, these four were it. Go ahead and take a point for each of the four you answered correctly. There's also a big four of Teutonic thrash metal, which are Creator, Sodom, Tankard, and Destruction. For question three, when Sepultura couldn't afford bullet belts, which were a staple for the thrash image, they used batteries and stuck these to belts instead. They figured these would look close enough in the photos and it worked. Question four, what country are Creator from? This would be Germany hence their place in the big four of Teutonic Thrash. The final question of round two, question five, was which album did Municipal Waste debut with in 2003? It was Waste Em All. I'd love to know if you were to pick your own big four based on your own tastes, who would they be? No points for this one. This is me just asking out of curiosity. Reach out on Instagram at Sin and Steel or use the hashtag Sin and Steel Big Four. Round three coming up next, We'll be looking at drums and drummers after this one. That was Creator with Impossible Brutality. Creator is still one of my favorite live bands. I've seen them a few times in Melbourne and once over in Perth. They're just so damn good. I managed to get into a meet and greet at one gig, like right at the very last minute. I got a phone call as I got home from work telling me to head back out to the city and take that spot. 
but I needed to get there quickly. The city was nearly an hour away and parking is horrendous. Um, I managed to score myself a parking fine in the process, but I made it right as they were packing up and managed to squeeze in a quick photo with them before they had to head out and prepare for the show. I did feel like a bit of an asshole rocking up right as they were finishing up, but they were really lovely about it and I was stoked to have made it there. Okay, so for round three, question one. In the movie Spinal Tap, how did their first drummer, Stumpy, die? Two, drummer of which band lost their arm in a car accident in 1984, but has continued to play one-handed ever since? Number three, the Brazilian musician, Carlinos Brown, worked with Sepultura for percussion ensembles on which album? Question four, what's the name of French-American drummer known for polyrhythmic patterns and precision in progressive death metal band Gojira. And number five, true or false, Iron Maiden drummer Nico prefers to play barefoot. We'll go through the answers after this one. That one was Slaves of the World by Old Man's Child. Checking our answers for round three, question one was how did Spinal Tap's first drummer die? Your first drummer was... Uh, the Peeper. John Stumpy Peeps. Oh, yeah. Great, great uh, tall blonde geek with glasses. Yeah. Uh, good drummer. Great look, good drummer. Good, yeah, good yeah, drummer. Yeah, what happened to him? He died. He, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. This was a reference to a real-life event in which Toto's drummer, Jeff Picaro, inhaled insecticides while gardening, he fell ill and then he died of a heart attack. Two, drummer of which band lost their arm in a car accident. This was Def Leppard's drummer, Rick Allen. When he crashed through a stone wall and into a field, he was flung out of the car, but the seatbelt severed his left arm and that was kind of left behind. They did originally reattach the arm, but it didn't take, it became infected and had to be amputated. Question three, on what Sepultura album did Carlinos Brown work? This was the album Roots, where of course the percussive ensembles were a nod to Brazilians, indigenous people and cultures. Number four, who's the drummer of Gojira? This is Mario Duplantia. I might've butchered the name. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, I'm sorry. And five, does Nico of Iron Maiden prefer to play barefoot? He sure does, this is true. How are you tracking so far? We've got one more round coming up. So if you're playing competitively, this is the last round to bring in the points. Before we do, here's Roots by Sepultura. Our final round, round four, is an era or year based round. Being my first trivia episode, I thought I'd base this on the year 1990, the year in which I was spurt into the world. Question one. Prior to his return in 2005 on Angel of Retribution, which album released in 1990 was the last Judas Priest album to feature vocalist Rob Halford? Sticking with some Judas Priest for number two, which of their songs landed them in court in 1990 following the suicide of two Nevada teens? Question three, which Anthrax album featuring Got The Time and Belly Of The Beast was released in 1990. Number four, the first Grammy for the category of best metal performance 
was awarded to which band? Who was the first to win this category? Five, in which Australian city were news reports made alleging there was a teenage heavy metal crime cult being blamed for like 50% of their local crime? Question six, which infamous heavy metal concert kicked off in Europe and the US in 1990 and is still considered one of the most successful tours in heavy metal history today? Seven, Megadeth, a headliner of that tour, were doing so with their 1990 album of which title? And final question, eight, which Swedish death metal band formed with former members of Grotesque? The answer to question eight was At The Gates, and that was them with Slaughter of the Soul. Back to question one, which album was the last with Rob before his comeback in 2005? This was what I believe is their best album and one of the best heavy metal albums ever, Painkiller. Two asked which song landed them in court following some teen suicides. This was the song Better By You, Better Than Me. I'm sure you can imagine, the same shit was pulled that has been many times um, and we've seen it with others like Ozzy Osbourne for example in which the parents claimed there were subliminal messages when playing the record in reverse which mesmerized the teens and brought them to a suicide pact. The case was understandably dismissed because as expected reversal of the records is nothing but gibberish but you know people will hear or see what they want to. Question three which Anthrax album was released that year? This was Persistence of Time. Four, with the first ever Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance was Metallica, and they've since gone on to win this six times. For question five, in which Australian city was a teen heavy metal crime cult being reported about? This was Canberra, more specifically in the suburb of Tuggeranong, but you get the point if you just got Canberra. This reminds me of a story my dad has told me about him and his mates going to a Twisted Sister gig at Festival Hall when he was a teen. Some newspapers here at the time printed photos of everyone lined up outside and of course the headlines were claiming that it was a satanic black mass. News and media really hasn't changed a bit, has it? Six, which infamous tour still considered one of the most successful kicked off in 1990? This was the Clash of the Titans tour with Megadeth and Slayer. This leads us to the final question, number seven. Which Megadeth album was released that year and being toured as part of the Clash of the Titans shows? This was the absolutely epic Rust in Peace. I may not have been around to see this initial tour, but I was really thankful to get to see them play the album from start to finish at Soundwave. And although not in person, the live streaming of the gig in Budokan recently where Marty came on and played a few songs, they did play Tornado of Souls. That was fantastic. I believe it's up on Thunderflix, so if anyone's missed it, you can go there and check it out. Before we go, let's check out Machinery of Torment, which is from that film, Metal Lords. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed the first Sin and Steel trivia episode. I'd love to know how you went and what sort of things you might like to see in future episodes. So hit me up on social media. Uh, there is also a link for voice messages in my Spotify. If you got your mates together for today's trivia, please share some photos on Instagram and use the hashtag SinAndSteel or SinAndSteelTrivia. If you liked what you've heard, please hit follow on the podcast and yeah, check me out on the social media. 
Our next episode is scheduled to be released on the 26th of May with an artist spotlight looking at Brazilian thrashers Nervosa. Until next time, stay metal. Thank you.